Chapter 3, The Letters for Nobody. The escape of the Brazilian boa constrictor earned Harry the longest ever pox. By the time he was allowed out on his cupboard again, the summer holidays had started and Dudley had already hashed his new Sykes camera, crashed his remote control aeroplane, and first time out to the racing bike. Knocked down old Mrs. Fig as she crossed private lawn on her oxter sticks. Harry was glad school was over, but there was nag joking Dudley's gang what came to the house every single day. Pierce, Dennis, Malcolm, and Gordon were all muckle and glackic, but as Dudley was the most muckle and most glackic on the boat, he was the head yin. The love of them were all just joko to Jen in Dudley's favorite game, game, gimme, Harry hunting. This was who Harry spent as much time as possible out in the house, stravaging about and thinking about the end of the holidays, where he could glist a toti, learn a hope. When September came, he would be gone off to the secondary school and for the very first time in his life he wouldn't have been with Dudley. Dudley had a place at Uncle Vernon's old private school, Smelton's. Pierce Polmont was gone there as well. And well and all. <laughs> Harry on the other hand other hand was gone to Stanidike High, the local state school. Dudley thought this was gay funny. They put folks' heads down on the chuckley the first day at Stainneck, he told Harry. What, to come up the stairs and have a practice? Nah, thanks, said Harry. The poor chuckley's never had anything as honking as your head down it. It'll never break. It'll maybe break. (laughs) Then he ran for Dudley could work out what he said. (laughs) Harry is so witty, I love it. I day a day in July, Auntie. A day a day in July, Auntie Petunia told Dudley to London to buy his Smelton's uniform, leaving Lynn Harry at Mrs. Figg's. Mrs. Figg was not bad as usual. It turned out she'd broke her leg for over one of the baldrons, and she didn't seem just as fond of them as four. She let Harry watch television and guide him a skliff of chocolate cake that tasted as though she'd had it for years. That evening, Dudley marched around the front door, front room for the family in his brand new uniform. Smelton's laddies wore maroon tailcoats, orange knickerbockers, and flat straw hats called boaters. <laughs> knickerbockers. <laughs> they carried hurling sticks as well. Used for scalping each other. I'm picturing them scalping with the hurling sticks. And it's just a weird picture in my mind. Um, when While the dominoes were not looking. This was supposed to be good training for later left. As he glowered. As he glowered at Dudley. And his new knickerbockers. Uncle Vernon said dourly that it was the prudest moment of his life. That is such, like, that sentence makes me think he's glowering at Dudley, but then saying he had the, a very proud moment of his life. Like, 
that's so contradictory. Like, he's dowly, which I think is negative, so he's, like, being sour. It's, like, obviously not that that's not what it is, but, like, I know what it is, but it's such a weird sentence. Like, okay, all right. I mean, it's and it's not in Scottish, probably, but, like, looking at it in English is weird. Um, Aunt Petunia burst out greeting and said she couldn't believe... It was her wee dumpling deadly. He asked the bra and all grown up. Harry didn't trust himself to speak. He thought Twana's ribs might have already cracked it for trying not to laugh. <laughs> there was a boffin reek in the kitchen the next morning when Harry guide Ben for his breakfast. It seemed to be coming for muckle metal bind in the jaw box. He guided over to have a look keek. The tub was full of what looked like clarty grags swimming in grey water. What's what's this? he spied Auntie Petunia. Her lips tightened as they uh, did if he dared to spot a question. Your new school uniform, she said. Harry kicked into the metal bind again. Ugh, he said. I didn't realize it had to be so wet. <laughs> Dinna be stupid, smashed onto Petunia. I'm dying some of Dudley's old things gray for you. It'll look just like anybody else's when I'm finished. Harry had his doubts, his doubts, but thought it best not to argue. He sat down at the table and tried not not to think about how he was gonna look on his first day in stoning Dyke like he was wearing bits of old elephant skin probably. Dudley said Uncle Vernon Dudley and Uncle Vernon came in, both holding their nibs because of the rig for Harry's new uniform. Uncle Vernon opened his newspaper as usual, and Dudley dunted his smelting sticks, which he carried everywhere on the table. They heard the click of the letterbox and what went on letters fawn over onto the doormat. Get the post, Dudley, said Uncle Vernon for about his paper. Make Harry get it. Get the post, Harry. Make Dudley get it. Pack him, pack him your smelting stick, Dudley. Harry joked the smelting stick and get to get the post. Three things lay on the doormat. A postcard for Uncle Vernon's sister Madge from Uncle... Yeah. While <laughs> with on holidays in the la- Isle of Wright, a brunette envelope that looked like a bill and a letter for Harry. Harry picked it up and go- gawked at it. His heart just about... Low pinned out of this chist, nobody ever in his whole life had screwed to, screwed to him. What would? He had no friends, no other kin. He hadn't joined the library. Saw he'd never even get got crapped notes fired for books back. Yet here was a letter addressed so plainly there could be no doubt. Mr. H. Potter, the cupboard under the stairs, for a private loan, Neitha Grunen, Surrey. 
The envelope was thick and heavy, made of yellow parchment, and the dress was skirted in emerald green ink. There was no stamp. Turning the envelope over, over he hung trembling. So Harry saw a purple wax seal with a coat of arms, a lion, an urn, a brook, a snake, surrounding a muckle letter H. Harry up, hurry up, laddie! Shouted Uncle Vernon for for the kitchen. What are you doing? Checking for letter bombs? <laughs> he laughed at his own joke. Harry got back in the kitchen. I gawking at his letter. He handed Uncle Vernon the bell and the postcard, sat down, and slowly started to open the yellow envelope. Uncle Vernon rivaled open the bell, started the in disgust, and turned to the postcard. Marge no no well, he told Auntie Petunia. Ate a footsty buckle. Da said Dudley suddenly. Da Harry's got something. Harry was just about to unfold his letter, which was scrooged on the same heavy parchment on the envelope when it was wheeled roughly out of his hand by Uncle Vernon. That's mine's, said Harry, trying to take it back. What'd be be scribbling to you? Uh, Smashed Uncle Vernon, shaking the letter open with one hand and glistening at it. His face turned far far red, far green, glugger than a set of of traffic lights. And it didn't slap there. It soon turned the grayish-white as uh, odd parchment. Petunia, he got. Dudley tried to grip the letter to read it, but Uncle Vernon held it high out of his range of his racks. Auntie Petunia turned curiously, curiously and read the first line. For a moment, it looked as though she might pass out. She clutched her thruple and made a croaking sound. Vernon, in the name of we men, Vernon. <laughs> Why did I do that? That was so stupid. Okay. <laughs> they glowered at each other, seeming to have forgotten that Harry and Dudley were I, were in the room. Dudley was not used to getting ignored. He guided his father a sharp scalp on the head with his smelting sticks. I want to read the letter, he said loudly. I want to read it, said Harry, wheeling. It's mine's. Get out, the both of you, squeaked, squawked Uncle Vernon, stuffing the letter back inside his envelope. Harry didn't budge it. I want my letter, he shouted. Let me see it, demanded Dudley. Ouch, roared Uncle Vernon, and he turned. Tent both Harry and Dudley by the scuffs of their necks and flung them into the lobby, slamming the kitchen door ahead them. Harry and Dudley had a range but silent fetch of what would listen and who over what would listen to the keyhole. Dudley won, said Harry, his glasses bring hanging for one leg lug lay flat on his wom- woman to listen at the cracks between door and floor. 
Vernon, Uncle Pertunia, Uncle, Auntie Pertunia was saying in a shuggling voice, Look at the address. How could they possibly know what he slept? You didn't think they would be watching the house? Watching, spying, might be following us, mumbled Uncle Vernon Fiat. But what should we do, Duff Vernon? Should we scurry back? Tell them we didn't want... Harry could see Uncle Vernon's shiny blue sh- sign pacing up and down the kitchen. Nah, he said finally. Nah, we'll ignore it. If they don't get an answer, uh, there's best we'll know the... I that's best. Okay, that's what it is. I that's best. We'll know the... Uh, we'll know anything. But I'm not having what is in the house, Petunia. Did we not swear when we were when we take him in that he'd we'd stamp out that ill tricked nonsense? That evening, when he got home from work, Uncle Vernon did something he'd never done before. He visited Harry in his cupboard. Where is my letter? said Harry. The morning Uncle Vern the moment Uncle Vernon had s- squeezed in through the door. What's this scurving to me? Nobody. It was addressed to you by mistake, said Uncle Vernon sharply. I had burned it. It wasn't a mistake, said Harry Beanley. It had my, it had my cupboard on it. What's it? <laughs> Yelled it. Yelked. Uncle Vernon and a couple of uh, endercaps fell off the ceiling. He tore a wean deep breath. And then wolsted his face into a smile, when which looked sour. Uh, a uh, Harry, about the cupboard. Your auntie and I have been thinking. You're pretty big for it, getting. We think it might be good for you if you flitted into Dudley's second bedroom. Huh? Said Harry. Dinner sp- questions. A. S- Snatched the uncle, his uncle. Take this stuff up the stair, too. The Dursleys, who had four bedrooms, one for Dun- Uncle Vernon and Petunia, one for visitors, usually Uncle Vernon and Sister Marge, and where Dudley slept, and then the, and where, and one where Dudley kept it, all the toys and things that wouldn't fit into his first bedroom. At only ten. Harry won trip to the stairs to fit everything he owned for the cupboard to the room. He sat down on the bed and kicked around him. Just about all the thing in here was broken. The month old video camera was lying on top of of a wee whacking tank Dudley had once driven over the neighbor's dog. In the four four cork was Dudley's first ever television set, which he'd put his fit fit through when his favorite program was torn off the air. There was a muckle birdcage that had once held a pumbingo pumbingo papingo. What's a papingo? That Dudley had swapped at school for an air tri- air rifle, 
that was up on a shelf with the end uh, bent either after Dudley sat on it. Uh, the shelves were full of back bulks. They were the only things in the room that looked as though they had had never been touched. For down the stair came the sound of Dudley fissing at his mither. I didn't want him in there. I need the room. Make him get out. Harry re- searched and stretched out in the bed. Yes, yesterday he'd have given anything to be up here. The the day he'd rather be back in this cupboard with the let letter that than up here without it. There's no teen. Well, okay. Um, next morning at breakfast, everybody was rather quiet. Dudley was in shock. He screeched. He scratched. Winered his father and with his melting sticks. Bucket on purpose. Kicked his mother and flung his pet Torty through the greenhouse roof, and he still didn't have his room back. Harry was thinking about this time yesterday and sorely wishing he'd opened the letter in the lobby. Uncle Vernon and Uncle Petunia kept it kicking at each other Torly. When the post arrived, Uncle Vernon was what seemed to be trying to be glued. Good to Harry. Made Dudley away and get it. They heard him sculpting things with his smelting stick all the way down the lobby. Then he shouted, There's another one. Mr. H. Potter, the sec- smallest bedroom for a private loan. With a troubled cry, Uncle Vernon whooped for his seat and ran down to the lobby. Harry hiked but ahead of him. Oh, uh, right, right ahead, ahead him. Uncle Vernon had to wrestle Dudley onto the ground to get the letter of him, which was was made far dif- more difficult by the fact that Harry had grappled Uncle Vernon round the Kragafa uh, shint. After a moment of rage faction in which anybody got. A good few scalps off the smelting stick. Uncle Vernon straightened up, gulping for breath, and Harry's letters clutched in his in his holes, in his horns, in his horn. Going to your cupboard, I mean your bedroom. He wheeled at Harry. Dudley, gang, get just gang. Harry walked around and ruined his new room. Somebody can't. Nent he had. Flitted out of his bed cupboard in the second, the seemed to know he hadn't got his first letter. Surely that meant they would try again, and this time he'd make the sure they didn't fail. He had a plan. You know, I just realize how young he is. Like, he doesn't. That's so weird to think about. Like, they said, like, the cupboard. And then the bedroom, it's like super sketchy that they would have that. And he's like not being freaked out by that. He's like, they know. Which means like it kind of shows he's 11. Because 11 year old, like a young person might think that. Especially they don't know a lot about like letters and stuff. All right. The repaired alarm clock 
Knock ran at six o'clock in the next morning. Harry turned it off quick and dressed without a sound. He must not walk in the. He mu must not work in the Dursleys. He tiptoed down the stair. No turning on on in the lights. He was gonna wait to on the post on the corner of Pervert Lawn and get the letters from Number Four first. He heard Dunted as he crept across the dark lobby to the front door. Ah! <laughs> Harry loped into the air. He'd stood on something muckle and sat on the doormat. Something alive. Lats clicked on up the stairs, and to his horror, Harry realized that the muckle soft thing that was his uncle's face. Uncle Vernon had been lying the fricks on the front door in a sleeping bag, clearly making that that Harry didn't didn't uh, exactly what he'd been trying to do. He roared at Harry for about half an hour and then tells him to gang and make a cup of tea. Harry shouted miserably off but in the kitchen and by the time he got back, the post had arrived. Right into Uncle Vernon's lap, Harry could see three letters with addresses scrolled in green ink. I want, he started, but Uncle Vernon was writhing the letters into pieces before his eyes. His eye. Uncle Vernon didn't... Uh, Gang to his work that day. He stayed at home and nailed up the litter box. See, he explained to Auntie Petunia through a mouthful of nails. If they cannot deliver them, they'll just give up. I'm not sure that's gonna work, Vernon. You know, you should listen to the person whose sister was part of the, you know, like just, you know. Oof, there's folks, minds, work, and uncle ways. Petunia, they're not like you and me, said Uncle Vernon, trying to chap in a nail with the scruff of fruitcake. Uncle Petunia had just haunted him. On Friday, on Friday, not less than nor twelve letters arrived for Harry. As they couldn't get through the letterbox, they had been pushed under the door. Slowed it through the the sides, and a wean even pit through the wind window on the downstairs cluckney, cludgy. Uncle Vernon stayed at home again. After burning all the letters, he got on the hammer and nails and boarded up all the cracks around the door, front and back doors, so nobody could gang out. He chanted. Tiptoe through the tulips as he marked and lopped the uh, noises. On Saturday, things started to get out of hand. Twenty-four letters to Harry found their way into the house, rolled up and hidden inside each of the the twelve dozen eggs that the Dunfoot milkman had haunted Auntie Petrini through the front room window. Uh, while Uncle Vernon made crappy telephone calls of the post office and the dairy, trying to find somebody to 
complained to Aunt Petunia shredded the letters in her food processor. What on earth wants to talk to you so badly? Dudley speared Harry in the bombazement. Bombazement. On Sunday morning, Uncle Vernon sat down at the breakfast table, looking wabbit and no wheel, no wheel, but happy. No posts on Sundays, he reminded them, awfully cheerful, like, as he spread marmalade on his newspapers. Madame letters the day. Madame letters the day. Some then came wheeling, weeching down the kitchen, long as he spoke, and hit him on the back as other head. Next moment, thirty or forty letters came down into the fireplace like bullets. The Dursleys dorked and Harry leaped, lopped into the air, trying to catch one. Out! Out! Uncle Vernon caught Harry around the hurdles and hurled him into the lobby. When Auntie Petunia and Dudley had run out of their arms over their face, Uncle Vernon slammed the door slut, shut. They could hear the letters still scudding into the room, bouncing off the walls and floor. That's it. That's it, said Uncle Vernon, trying to speak calmly, but tearing lumps out of his hoser on the same time. I want to all back here in five minutes to ready to flit. We're gone all we're gone away. Just pack some glass pack some clays. Now air go bargling. <laughs> now I'll go bargling. <laughs> he he looked <laughs> He looks so red with half his mouser off that nobody dared argue. Ten minutes later, they had arrived their way out through the burdened up doors and were in the car speeding toward the motorway. Dudley was bubbling in the back seat. His father had given him a clout, a ruined the lug for handing them up while he tried to pack his television video and computer into the sport sports poke. They drove and they drove. Even onto Petunia. They drove and they drove. Even onto Petunia didn't dare spy when they were given when they were where they were going. Every now and then, Uncle Vernon would uh, sharp turn and drive in the opposite direction for a while. Shake them off. Shake them off. He would have her whenever he did this. They didn't stop the car to eat or drink all day. By by gloaming, Dudley was yawning. He'd never had a worse day in his life. He was starving. He'd missed five television programs. He wanted... To see, and he'd never gone as long as this without Malkins at least one alien on his computer. Uncle Vernon stopped at long last outside of Dora looking hotel in the outskirts of Muckleton. Dudley and Harry 
shared a room with twin bits and damped footsie, footsie streets. Deadly snorched, but Harry stayed awake and sitting at the windowsill, glowering down. So glowering is staring down at the lights of pass, passing cars and winners. Warnings. Winning. Wondering. Wondering. They ate old cornflakes and could tinned tomatoes on toast for breakfast the next day. They had to had just finished when the owner of the hotel came over to the table. Excuse me, but is one of yours Mr. H. Potter? There's about a hundred more of these at the front desk. She held up a letter, saw they could read the green ink address. Mr. H. Potter, room 17, Wellview Hotel, Cokeworth. Harry raxed out his hand for the letter, but Uncle Vernon scalped it over. The woman glowered. I'll take them, said Uncle Vernon, standing up quick and following her to the dining room. Where we know be better off to... Just gone home, dear, Aunt Petunia suggested timorously hours later, but Uncle Vernon didn't seem to hear her. Exactly what he was looking for, none of them knew. He drove them in a, into the middle of the forest, got out, looked around, shook his head, got back in the car, and off they got again. The same thing happened in the middle of the a plotted field halfway through across a suspension brig and at the top of a multi-story car park. My dad's gone off his head, eh, Miss Hema? Dudley speared Aunt Petunia wobbly late afternoon. Uncle Vernon had parked at the coast, looked, locked them all inside the car and disappeared. It started to rain. Muckle drops drilled on the roof of the car. Dudley bubbled. It's Monday, he told his mother. The great hump toes on the right. I want to I want to stay somewhere with a television. Monday. This mightn't Harry or something. If it was Monday, and you could usually count on Dudley to Keen the days of the week because of television. Then the morning, Tuesday, was Harry's 11th birthday. Of course, his birthdays were never exactly fun. Last year, the Dursleys had given him a coat hanger and a pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks. Mind ya, ye weren't uh, 11 every day. Uncle Vernon was back and he was smiling. He was carrying a long, thin parcel and all and didn't answer Uncle Petunia when she inspired him what he'd bought. Found the perfect place, he said. Come on, everybody out. It was awfully cold outside the car. Uncle Vernon was pointing at what looked like a muckle scurry away out at sea. On top of the scurry was the most miserable wee bothy you could imagine. 
and one one thing was certain there was no television in there storm forecast for the night said uncle vernon ah joko clapping his horns together and this gentleman's kindly agreed to get us alone on his boat an old man with no no teeth came scurrying up to them pointing with a click slick it grin at an old rowboat drawing up and down at the iron gray water below them i've are already got us some rations at uncle vernon all aboard it was freezing in the boat icy spindrifts and rain crippet down their craggies and crankers would wetten their faces if after that went seemed like oh they won they won over to the scurry where uncle vernon sh- slithering and skitting led the way to the broken down house the the inside was awfy it hooked a seaweed the wind whispered through the gaps in the window wind wise and the fireplace was wet and whom they were of only two two rooms. Uncle Vernon's rations turned out to be a poke of chips, each in flower be- bonums. Born- oh, flower bananas. He tried to scut- start a fire, but the empty chip pokes just reeked and scrawled up. Could uh, could did we some of the letters? No, <laughs> he said as a cheerful, chirfy. All chiffy. <laughs> he said all chiffy. Cheerful. <laughs> Ends of cheerful. 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 Okay. Hugh was in an awfully good mood. Awfully good tid. Obviously, he thought nobody would stood a chance at of asking them here in the storm to deliver post. He'd write, thought Harry to himself, but it didn't cheer him up one bit. At night, as night fell, the promised storm blew up around them. Spray for the muckle waves battered the waves, the waves on the bothy and a roach, rock wand rattled the cloudy windows. Aunt Petunia found a few footsies blankets in the second room and made up a bed for Dudley on the market fo- sofa. She and Uncle Vernon got off to the lumpy bed next door, and Harry was left to find the softest bit of the of floor he could and curl up under the thinnest, most threadbare blanket. The storm blew more and more readily on this right, and the night guide get on as the night goed on. Okay, Harry couldn't hung and sleep he chittered and turned over trying to get warm to get snod his warm rumbling with hunger his warm rumbling with hunger suddenly snotches snotchers were droned out by the lack roll of the thunder and stared near midnight the lightning dial on dudley's watch which was Hanging over the edge of the sofa, 
on his fat chuckle, told Harry he'd be 11 in 10 minutes' time. He lay and watched his birthday tick near, wondering if the Dursleys would mind at all, wondering, wondering why the skirt on the letter was no. Five minutes to gang. Harry heard something creak outside. He hoped the roof wouldn't gain to fall in, although he might he might be warm if it did. Four minutes. Maybe the Houston roof private loan would be so stupid full of letters when they got back that he'd be able to some way chore on. Three minutes. With that on the sea scalping heard on the scary like that and 12 minutes to go to gang which was got uncle crutchin sound was the scurry crumpling into the sea one minute or more and he'd be 11 30 seconds 20 10 9 maybe he'd wake dudley up just to annoy him three trois on boof doof the hail Bothy struggled and Harry sat bolt upright, gulping at the door. Somebody was outside trapping wanton bin.